It's day 13 of the 2020 election, and we're ready to chat about what it feels like to live in a time of censorship. This call to action by our president and a hope for unity by our projected president. Before we bring on some very special guests with some opposing views, we thought we would get into the nitty gritty of what many of us are thinking and feeling right now. Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Happy Sunday, sis. Happy Sunday. We have a very cheery topic today, uh, which we are excited to dive into. The last episode, we kind of, um, it was before the election, right? And we talked about um, unity and and how we were going to be post-election. Uh, little did we know we would be in an extended period of time where we are waiting to hear um, the results of um, various uh, legal battles going on um, as it pertains to potential uh, voter fraud. Um, but there is a potential president-elect, Joe Biden, um, but we wanted to jump on and just talk about the crazy censorship that we're seeing. Not even post-election or during the voting, during the counting. Yes, that has been a thing. But I mean, I would say censorship has been going on the last four years. The whole Absolutely. time Trump has been in office. What did you say today about Christmas and what we should be focusing on? So I sent you the um, AO, the recent tweet by AOC where um, she basically said, is anybody keeping a list of these conservatives and Trump supporters, um, psychophants is what she said, for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee decent probability of of tweets, deleted writings and photos in the future. Um, so this has just blown up everywhere. Um Lots of people are talking about this. It, it seemed very threatening. Um, and so we just wanted to kind of dive into this. And, and we made the joke, like, this is the season of Christmas lists. And yet AOC, she just looks so mean. Like, I, I just really look, look at her and I see just like, I would never want to meet her on the street because she just seems like she'd punch you in the face if you don't agree with everything she says. <laughs> right. That's how it's become now. This, that is the that is the new era of our generation. If you and in agree. a way, she really embodies the left left. Like I, I mean, I when I think of AOC, I also think of a lot of um, kind of digital attacks. I guess you can say that I've experienced where it's just angry, angry people that you know you post yourself smiling in a T-shirt, and you might as well have posted that. Um, you think just the worst thing in the entire world and you hate all people. Um, it's just become so um, volatile, I guess. And I think that her, her persona kind of embodies that spirit, um, not on all um, areas of the left, but on, you know, just the left left, like the very um, aggressive liberal, I would say. Um, and so I think we just feel like AOC needs to go write her Christmas list and um, leave, leave all of us alone. <laughs> Absolutely. No, you're right, B. It's not everyone on the left. That's for darn sure. Because I've even had people see some things that have happened to either of us and message me separately. Hey, can we have a coffee date? Can we talk about this over the phone? Over Absolutely. 
you and I welcome it. You and I love that kind of thing. That civil. Oh my gosh. I mean, I recently had something crazy happen to me on social media where I I posted a picture and I just, it it became kind of this attack where like multiple people were messaging, but then tons of people jumped in and said, you know, I love you post whatever you want, post whatever picture you want, wearing whatever shirt you want. And, you know, we may not agree on everything, but no one in this country should feel like they are not allowed to post something. Nobody, either. I don't care what side you're on. Like everyone should have the equal amount of free speech, but we are not seeing that. Um, a lot of conservatives, a lot of right-wing thought is being censored right now. And so we just wanted to dive into like the dangers of that. And what does that mean for the future of our democracy? Absolutely. Well, let's just jump right in. I wanted to share something that recently happened to me um, or one of my dear, dear friends, his name's Leon. He reached out to me via Instagram recently um, and was sharing a lot of awesome stuff. I thought about his country. He's from Sweden. We met in New York city at acting school and became fast friends. Even during the election, he voted, well, he couldn't vote, but he would have voted for Obama. And I did not at the time. So when I came the next day at school, I was so upset and he didn't understand. He was like, come on, Mackenzie, it's the first black president. You should be excited. Later on, years later, he he has come to the conservative side. I don't want to say come to our side, but his views have completely changed. Well, recently, I got into the talk about socialism specifically, and I wanted to talk to him about it because he's from Sweden. So I went to message him on Instagram, and he was gone. He was sharing too much and got blocked, and... I thought that was so scary. Just anything we share, you can immediately be deleted. In fact, I recently opened up our text and he is called Instagrammer. And I will read you one of the things he said. He said, Mackenzie, I live in a socialist country. This country has been socialist since way back. And trust me, it is not for the benefit of the citizens. It can seem like it at first glance, but it's basically you giving your rights after rights after rights to the government until you can't say anything. So scary. But he goes on to say, listen, we lost the battle, but not the war because we stand in freedom and God is always with us. That's amazing that he shared all of that with you. And um, similarly, I've had a lot of people um, share with me that um, places like Sweden and Australia, um, especially during COVID, they have been stripped of their rights. I mean, if you post something, there's a video um, I can find where it is. I'm pretty sure this was Switzerland um, that a woman had posted something on Facebook in opposition to the COVID-19 restrictions and armed policemen came into her home and her children were there. Her toddler children were there. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll delete whatever I need to delete. Um, And they were taking her away in front of her children. So like people might joke and they might say, oh my gosh, you guys are alarmist. Like, why are you talking about this topic? Like everything's fine. Well, everything's fine if you only post about your kids and your puppy. But if you decide to post about vaccinations or you decide to post about how you're questioning the outcome of the election, your posts are going to get deleted or you'll be shadow banned or like your friend, whatever he was posting, um, got him so far removed that they deleted his entire account. But at least you have that information that he shared with you that he's from Sweden and 
And if he was like, I love my country and I love what's happening, then we would know, oh, we're heading in a good direction. But let's listen to the folks who are living in socialism. And they are saying, I don't like this. I like America. I like free enterprise. I like democracy. And I like capitalism. And I, I think our generation, our friends, we have so many peers that we've debated all these topics with um, in a great way and mostly in really great productive ways. Um, but I just, I fear that we don't have a handle on where this is going. And we're, we, we're starting to see little signs of it going in a, you know, not so great direction. But I think now more than ever is the time where we need to start talking about this. You know, it's not like Mackenzie and I have all the answers. This is just our platform. This is our way of getting out there and saying, we're concerned with what we're seeing. I've been shadow banned before for posting pro-life stuff for um, posting stuff about vaccinations. Um, and I know tons of people that have had their content deleted. Um, and so we have to really ask ourselves, like, does Facebook and Instagram have the right to, to be silencing us, I guess is the big question. Absolutely. And when you think back to the election in that day where we immediately are praising Biden for winning, listen, you guys, if he wins like the right way, he's my president. I'll never say he's not my president. But we have to be honest with ourselves. The media won this election. It was not Trump or Biden. It was the media. Wow. And we see this yeah. all the time. 100%. And, and I think you and I both saw recently some of our favorite um, people that we follow have gone to the app, the new app called Parlor. The fact that we feel like we have to leave Instagram, Twitter, Facebook to go to this brand new place so that we can speak freely. Listen, this is a country where we're supposed to, it's called free speech for a reason, you know, out of love, of course, and, and facts, but why do we have to go run and hide? Why are we all, why is all of Hollywood, all of the media against one thing? Us. Yeah. I had a, a couple friends, um, like during the week of the election where it was just becoming so clear, so evident, the media biased and the social media crackdown on censorship that I had multiple people text me the link to parlor. I didn't know really about it, but they're like, Oh, download this. Like we, we need to all move in this direction. Um, and so I was just in a family group chat and I sent it to family members and I said, maybe we need to join this. Like maybe we should explore this. And someone Googled it naturally as we all Google everything, but even Google is problematic now because um, when you Google it, the first thing that will pop up for you about Parler, even though it was an app created to just um, be a social media platform that doesn't censor um, people who join it, um, it says that it's for right wing extremists and a whole list of, of things that are just ridiculous. I mean, theorists, I saw that one. Oh yeah. Conspiracy theorists. And the funny thing is the girls who each individually sent me that link are the farthest thing from that. Um, their moms, they, they just want to post whatever they feel passionate about. And that that's the beauty of our country. We should absolutely be able to post what we want to post about. Um, and even just recently, I pulled my small following and I said, what would you guys want to hear more about? And a few people said vaccinations, because that is something that um, my family has done a lot of research on. I have a brother who is um, vaccine injured. And I, I wrote this person back and I just said, I want to talk about vaccinations, but I'm actually afraid that my account is going to be completely disabled if I talk about what I know. And that's just a place that's so scary. Like, that we are being completely silenced where if I, like, 
I can't post about my family and post about that content because at that point I'll just be banned from the social media platform and I can no longer share, you know, the everyday things in my life. Um, and so basically, exactly. So it's like, where, where are we going? I guess we don't even know the answer to that. We're just here to dive into it and, and just ask the big questions, ask these tough questions. Right. And one of those questions that keeps coming up for me at least is, Biden keeps calling for this thing called unity, which we talked about in the last episode. And I really question, what if the results were reversed? What if Trump was back in office? Would there still be this call to action, this call for unity on both sides? Because according to media, Biden has won. And sometimes it feels like it's still not enough for the people who voted for Biden. People were marching in the streets last night in DC. You saw it, but you texted me. There were 1 million people there. And people who are wearing these hats, these MAGA hats, these shirts were being attacked and beat up. There's video footage everywhere. Of course, you have to go look for it. It's never talked about. But really, though, can we still, can we still have unity? I think it's almost like the unity is, is a scary kind of unity. I think their, their form of unity, which I'm fearful of, is it's unity if you agree with everything we say. So unity um, among the people who, you know, are going to be the first to line up to get this vaccination, unity for the people who want higher taxes for the good of all. Um, So I think it's this, this idea of everyone shut up, listen to us. And if you disagree with anything we say, you're not, you're not unity. You're actually against unity. So like they are so anti-diversity of thought that that is just my fear of where this direction is going, that um, will we even be able to speak up? Um, and yeah, it just, it, it does worry me. It worries me. It does. Me too. There's a, you can't even, the old like argument would be, I watch CNN and Fox News. So I see both. That's not enough, you guys. You have to actually go back to the deepest truth, which we all know is God. That is the only truth that stands firm. So if we always look to him and share those things, then that's how we stay afloat, I think, in this world. At the end of the day, like you and I will still be able to sleep at night because we know that our um, our faith rests in something higher than any, and, and this is not our home, like the world is not our home. And so actually, if you feel uncomfortable here, if you see things happening that are making you upset or uneasy right now, that actually to me is more confirmation that like, this is not our home. You know, we shouldn't feel comfortable here because for the past two weeks, I've really felt like I, it's almost like this feeling of like, I don't feel like I belong here. Like these policies that people want to push and these radical agendas and, you know, killing babies on tables, letting them die, like I just feel so like a fish out of water and, and to hear even like friends support these things, it just makes you feel like what is wrong with me that I feel like I'm the crazy one, but you're not the crazy one is what I've realized. In fact, it's hard to take the road less traveled, but I think God rewards that in the end. I think I saw this priest say, Hey, I'm just happy I voted this way so that when I go to heaven one day, which God willing, I will, I can say, God, I voted for life, you know, but you can see here, we vote on a lot of things. That's of course our most important issue, but we just don't want the country to go the way it looks like it's going. Okay. Have you heard the St. Augustine quote? That is, um, I might butcher it a little bit, but it says the truth is like a lion 
It doesn't need you to defend it. Let it loose and it will defend itself. And that is something that I have really just pondered, hardcore pondered, like because I do yep. see these things happening and I'm like, we need to stand up. Like, like this is crazy. The censorship right. in big tech, all of this, like the, the little person, the everyday average person is now being silenced by these like huge, powerful entities. Like we need to all like form a group or something. And then I read that quote and I'm like, no, the truth will come out. If there's fraud, if there's whatever, like the truth will come out eventually. And we don't need, we can rest assured that it's not our job. We don't need to figure that all out. Like God's going to let that come out. Don't we trust him, right? Like you said, like earlier this year, be, being detached kind of from the outcome because he's in charge. And it's so funny because it's all connected. We have COVID in 2020. We have the social justice movement. We have an election and we have all these crazy names being thrown around like racist, which now is like calling somebody mean. It's become so cheapened, Amen. right? So, Amen. But I read this quote today also from a book called He Leadeth Me, and it's about Israel. So it goes, somehow then God must contrive to break through those routines of ours and remind us once again, like Israel, that we are ultimately dependent only upon him, that he has made us and destined us for a life with him through all eternity. And the things of this world and this world itself are not our lasting city that this, that his, we are, and that we must look to him and turn to him in everything. Then it is perhaps that he must allow our whole world to turn upside down in order to remind us it is not our permanent abode or final destiny to bring us to our senses and restore our sense of values. It goes on, but that really wow. hit me. It's not just the election, it's COVID. It's all these things that we're putting on this pedestal that we're putting as our God. Like I, and I'll say it and I'll, and I will stand by it. If God wants to take me with COVID, he will. And so be it. But I can't live this life of control and not say what I feel and what is truth. Otherwise, I don't want to be here if that's the life that is going to exactly. be lived. I, it's so funny because that's what Mama T, my grandmother, who you know and love, said she literally has been active this entire time of COVID. She has not let it stop her. She does all of her things. She's never been healthier than ever. And I talked to her about, it. I'm like, wow, like Mama T, like so many people your age are so worried. Like what, what makes you be so at peace? And she goes, oh, if God wants to take me, that is fine. I am going to live my life. I am not going to go hiding behind the walls of my house um, because of this. And it's true. It's like, why are we changing our world for something that is literally has a 99 point whatever survival rate? And I'm sorry, people, please DM me. I welcome it because that's the truth. But as Christians, as Catholics, we have to trust that no matter what craziness we're seeing in 2020 and even next year, whatever comes to be in 2021, this is testing us. This is totally um, putting our faith to test in a good way because I think a lot of us, like I can speak for myself, I got very complacent. I was just like, everything's going great. Life is good. You know, my marriage is going great. 
parenting's going great. We got a great house, like just all these superficial things that make you without realizing it become a little bit weaker in your faith because you're putting your faith in those things. And now that things have started to get a little bit harder with this year, I've realized like, wow, like this is the time, like this is a call for me. Like I need to deepen my faith and I need to cling way harder to the cross. Amen. It just shows our human frailty. Like we are nothing without him. We are dust to dust. And when we put all of our like hope in these material things, these, if this goes well, then I'll be happy. If you know, this like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, this love that's not real. This like, I don't know. It's always, if this works out, then, then things will be happy. Yeah. That's not enough. This, This way of living. And if it's showed us anything like I'm happy that this stuff has happened to show exactly. us. It, there is such a silver lining to it. Like for me, I think the silver lining has made me realize that like I was putting so many things that were not important, like in front of my faith and my family. And then when COVID hit and we were, we were drawn closer as a family together, much more than usual, it made me realize like, these are the people that matter and my faith matters and standing for the truth matters. And so like so many superficial concerns and worries that I used to have, I just don't have them anymore. So that's a blessing of COVID. Um, and there, there have been some blessings for sure. Um, but I just pray that all of us, you know, we remain critical thinkers. Like we re- do our own research. I just heard a podcast by David Rubin and um, he talks about how he went from being a Bernie Sanders supporter to a conservative because he did his own research. And he was very adamant. If I had continued to follow what mainstream media was pumping out and feeding me, I would have remained a liberal. But um, it was just so interesting to me how he said as soon as he went down his own path of research, he started to change because of the things that he was reading and listening to. Um, but if you're just fed what what's out there mainstream, um, unfortunately, that is just going to be so skewed at this point, which is such a travesty. And the thing Dave Rubin says that's I love um, well, he was one of the first podcasters that, that started this like whole idea of just, uh, it's like free form, um, interviews and he let them go as long as possible. And he said, the reason why he was able to change is because he honored with his audience always that he was seeking truth. So if you're seeking truth, you have to be willing to change. And that goes for everything that goes for us as individual humans. God, I want to be better. God, I want to be a truthful like follower of Christ. I want to be a pilgrim on earth for you. So change me, change me. Like I want to be changed too. Right. Exactly. I loved when I I heard him say that um, in the podcast too, that he said, as he started to unravel the truth, he thought, Oh my, my followers are going to see this truth being exposed. But some of them went with him, of course, but there were others that were so obstinate. They were so angry. And the way he painted it was um, the group uh, in the left wing that are calling Trump a racist. I'm sorry, a Nazi. And he said, imagine you've called someone a Nazi for four years. And then you look back on his presidency and you say, well, dang, the economy went up. Dang, the housing market went up. Like, wow, national security's never been better. And then you think back to the words you said and you're like, well, shoot, I called this guy a Nazi. And so it's like this, um, 
it's this like where the rubber meets the road and these individuals who have said these insane claims are now starting to have to reconcile with those claims and say like, did what I say align with what we're seeing? And I think that's very hard for anybody. I don't care what you believe or who you are. When you realize you're wrong, pride steps in and it's so hard to step out and say, I was wrong. You know what? And yeah, but I admire him so strongly for realizing that um, a lot of his um, beliefs were skewed and he, it's just unfortunate that not everyone, I guess, uh, comes to that conclusion gracefully. We all have to, I've been wrong about so many things in my life and I'm 30 years old and I'm only just now learning, um, the virtue of like gracefully admitting when you're wrong. That is so hard for anyone to do. I don't care if you're purple Republican Democrat, whatever. Like if you don't have the ability to admit you're wrong in an argument or in a discussion, then you're screwed. A thousand percent. And just that the side you stand for isn't always perfect. I've heard a lot of friends on my, on the left who are firm in their beliefs, but they always say to me, listen, I don't stand with the radical left. Like they're able to admit there is a, there is a radical left, you know, and that's why he changed. And I'm so with you, sis. It's like, it's an everyday decision. Like, can I be wrong? Am I going to own up to this because you I think you said it in your post your anniversary post yesterday you said um here's some advice that I learned quickly admit and move on or something yeah, like that yeah quick to forgive because that's taken me a long time long time to learn that it must take marriage to learn that cuz I'm still <laughs> I just think I, I, I hope and pray we have the unity that we talked about in the last episode. Um, but it is going to start with um, a free flow of conversation. We can't have this censorship. We can't have um, the right or the left feeling like their voice is being diminished. And, um, and that goes for big tech censorship, but that also goes for like friendships and family members and people in your own circle silencing things that you might share, um, which is, I've seen a lot of that um, in terms of kind of like online bullying. And um, so I just think there's like two different levels of it. It's almost like we have this big tech censorship. And then we also have this mindset of like, well, I can just say whatever I want to you um, through a computer because I don't agree with what you just posted or or, you know, what your views are. And I've had some pretty radical things said to me um, that are so unkind. And I just, I can't imagine saying that to anybody else, even people that I vehemently uh, disagree with. I mean, I'm trying to think of like the most pro-choice person I know. I can't think of anyone, but like if this person were to post, like I just can't imagine myself degrading them in a way that I have been degraded and not to point it at just me. I know this has happened to other people too. And that to me is really unsettling that the left is actually extremely close-minded. If you don't agree with them, you shouldn't have a voice. So yeah, some things of mine have been shared without me knowing on other people's stories. Same with you. And, and I had to outright like say, Hey, let's have a conversation. And then you have the friends on the left who I'm really, like, I really admire one of my dear friends. I sent you um, a little message about that the other day. You feel closer to them when you can have a conversation, B. I do Absolutely. 
never felt farther from certain people in my life right now because we can't even discuss and respect each other. And then I have other friends who I have never felt closer to when we feel the farthest from each other, we feel closest to because we are able to listen and actually take in what the other person is saying and not just brush it off, not just call it a name, but really take and hear and discuss and love each other regardless, because that's what we want. We want the best for one another, don't we? At the end of the day. And I think like one thing that has just shocked me probably the most is like, if I post anything um, that has any sort of a conservative element or tone to it, I will get at least 10 DMs, sometimes more of other women online saying, you're so brave. Thank you for posting this. I wish I could post this, but I'm too scared. I think I'll get attacked. I think that, you know, my left-wing followers or friends, family members, these are people that they know and they're afraid of people they know. And I'm like, I can't say I blame them because I have had some crazy things said. And so I always write back to these friends or followers and I just say, listen, like this is the time, like obviously always with dignity, always with respect, but use your voice. Like don't expect one brave person, you know, like, oh, she's the one she's always going to post. She will post about Amy Coney Barrett and I can count on her. And I don't need to say that I'm proud that she's you know, a Supreme Court justice or, you know, she inspires me. I'll just quietly believe those things. That's not going to get us anywhere. And honestly, that's why the polls were so insanely wrong because the silent majority is so dang scared that election night, 72 million people silently shared their voice and the media was shocked. And and we, we need to change that. Like that, if I have to say, one problem we have as a party, I don't even want to say like I'm a staunch Republican, but as a conservative, we really need to work on, um, I think, utilizing our voice. Um, we are generally very meek, I will say. And you need to create a podcast, Bridget. I have these very like outspoken personalities. We know that not everyone wants to have a podcast, but I think you're right. I think it starts family member to family member. Like when you message those girls back, I bet you're like, just start there because that's the beginning. And if someone is in your family, you should only hope and, and know in your heart that they will still love you. But you gotta gotta make it. I think you're right. I think the truth, I think you have to share the truth. And it's, this is like something that like, as a person, all of us need to learn how to have, because like, I, I'm thinking of like some family conflict that we've been resolving as a family recently. Um, my parents are divorced and we're all kind of, my grandmother recently died and we're, we're trying to come back together and, and it's like healing from these wounds. And so the conversations are bumpy, they're rocky. They're not, they're not clean and dry yet because we're still healing from a lot from years of some hard stuff that we went through. Um, but what I've tried to really pray through in these hard conversations with my parents um, and and family members is just try your hardest to put yourself in their shoes. And why are they saying this to me? Okay. Is this because of their own wound? So we're all hurt by different things. And so like if someone attacks me on the internet about pro-life, for example, I might think of it as a very personal attack. Why did they just do that? All I did was post, you know, I love babies. And all of a sudden they're telling me that I'm, I'm going to hell. Like I don't love women. And, and 
I have to think about those instances and ask myself, there's something going on there that I don't know. There's something under the surface. Maybe they've experienced um, an abortion or maybe they know someone who has. And so in their heart, they're like, I'm trying to defend this person who I know who's experienced this, or I myself have experienced this. So this is my way of using my voice is attacking, you know, so-and-so for posting a pro-life post. Well, that that's actually like the farthest thing from productive. And so like, in terms of like having these good conflict resolution moments, like we need to always put ourselves in the shoes of the other person and say, well, why, why is she pro-life? Oh, she's pro-life because her mom gave a baby up for adoption or she's pro-life because her brother has special needs. You know, it's thinking through why is this person so um, passionate about what they're passionate about? And so just in these conversations with family, I've recently had um, an epiphany that whether you're talking about politics or you're talking about personal life or, or friendships or family members, it's all connected. We need to learn how to come together as a human family. And even when we've been deeply hurt by someone, we need to learn how to forgive fast and we need to learn how to see the other side. Yeah. And how we see the other side is by asking those questions, you know, in the way you're saying, like in a loving way, like not just assuming I like border control because I'm mean and don't want everyone welcome in the United States, but maybe because I have a sibling that is a drug addict or I'm a mother of two kids and wants to protect them from illegal things. Like, you know, it's little things like that, but you said it. So it's like, ask the questions and really ask, like, I want to know you and your heart and your soul as a Christian brother or sister in Christ. And I want to get to know you more. Show me, show me why this is so important to you. Exactly. It's at the end of the day for all of us, it should always be, how do I know this person's heart? Like by the end of this conversation, I want to know their heart. Um, But certainly there are going to be people that you will not ever get to that end. And I've had to recently realize that is that like, there's certain people that don't want to get to that productive end with you. They just want to yell at you and message. And so with those people, I think it's really important to discern, like, this is not a good, I shouldn't continue this conversation with this person. But if there's even a seed of um productiveness there like continue that because you don't know where it will end up and and hopefully it ends up somewhere positive so i think you're right what you said the work is going to start in our circles it's going to start in our families in our friendships and we always have to approach it with love but certainly if we're not given respect then you know it's not love to continue that conversation you can just say you know look i don't think we're going in a great direction I'll pray for you. Please pray for me. And we'll just leave it at that. Pray for them. Like, maybe I need to really own that statement. Like when I say I pray for someone, someone was like, are you really going to pray for Biden? And I was like, Mackenzie, wow, you actually need to write this down in your prayer journal and stick to what you say, because that's where you see real change. You've said it. We've said it like putting that out there to God, like he will, he is the mender of all wounds that we speak of. He is the only one who's going to mend this. And So yeah, money where my mouth is. I love that. Prayer. And um, just to kind of give everyone a teaser to this conversation, um, next week we are going to have an awesome um, episode uh, where we are going to bring on a couple of our liberal Democrat friends. And we are so excited to kind of put our money where our mouth is and start these conversations. We are by no means experts on any of these topics. We are learning as we go, um, but we just thank everyone for being here with us. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you hit five stars or subscribe? 
Better yet, would you just share with a friend? We'd also love to hear from you. Send us an email or follow us on Instagram 